Hey there, welcome to the Universe Pondering Itself podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Radiance. If you're looking for a way to manifest goodness, money, your greatest dreams, you have come to the right place. I'm so stoked you're here. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. This is the universe pondering itself with Lauren Radiance, and I'm here with the Miss Torius, aka Miss Tori, and we are on a camping trip with a beautiful gathering of people here in the North Fork of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and we're walking down a road that is traveled, but perhaps less traveled than, say, like your standard highway or city street and really just enjoying being out in nature and we've been talking about life the universe and everything contained therein and it's been very scintillating conversation and I just figured we could do a little spontaneous interview thanks for listening so Miss Tori yeah who are you I'm a I'm Tori, <laughs> or Miss Tori. Um, I'm just a. Uh, I love that. That's like a play on words. Yeah. Mystery. Yeah, Miss Tori. Tori Miss Torius. You know, <laughs> yeah, I have fun with it. Heck yeah. But yeah, um, I'm just a. I'm just a person walking this earth, living the best life I can with what I have, and uh, it's been treating me well. Love that so much, and. You have made this amazing trailer that you've been living out of and going from place to place. And you showed up early before we all got here, uh, a few days before even. And you were just able to, you know, like wash your laundry and (laughs) tell us about that experience. Yeah. um, So just today, for the first time, I uh, actually got to put to use a concept that I've had where I just pump water using the pump under my sink you know mm-hmm. hook, connecting a hose and pumping it out of the river so brilliant you know i love that so much and then you yeah. don't have any water bills no water bills. nothing to pay to the municipality you're in right I you're mean, literally just living off the land yeah that's the dream right there it really is it's uh i've been dreaming of doing this for 10 years uh 10 plus and uh you know four years ago i finally did it uh, I bought a $500 trailer. The thing was, was basically nothing. It was, um, I mean, of course it was rotten and, you know, usually you'd be paying somebody to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. In this mm-hmm. case, it was listed on Craigslist for $300. I offered 500 to make sure nobody could buy it from under me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, once I got it, I tore it up. Um, it was nothing but the uh, aluminum siding holding itself up at one point. Oh, goodness. Like it had been through a tornado or something. Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> were, there were still decent parts of the frame that were still there, but a lot of it I still had to replace. Um, all the rafters, um, the floor, the, the you know, all the supports underneath the floor, oh, everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a big project. It really was. But yeah. it was like your baby. It's basically like the way that, you know, a lovely lady would conceive a child. It really Take, is. Uh, nine months to get to that point yeah um you know it's uh it feels great um you know it's uh it does everything i needed to do it's it's a whole house it's a tiny house on wheels (laughs) i love that so much and so where did the name miss tori come from what's the story there so that's the name i use for uh for a little thing i do um the highly stigmatized field of work and very misunderstood, but I work as a professional dominatrix. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. So you live off the land. Uh, you wear many hats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have a history. Um, I've just, uh, you know, my life has taken me on so many different paths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything from having been in the military um, working at a four-star hotel and then being a train car mechanic, uh, and being a commercial building maintenance engineer. Yeah, so yeah. all of that kind of 
led you to this experience of, of being able to really live out mm, your best life right. by getting in touch with your sexuality and like who you identify with in terms of gender versus sexual orientation. Right. I mean, it's definitely not my my primary source of income. Not right now because I haven't promoted myself the way the other doms have. I see. You know, which is fine. Um, you know, with COVID and stuff, it was a little more risky anyways. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the thing about being a sex worker is this brand of sex work isn't always sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually, it only is about half the time, maybe less. Especially, like... I feel like I've heard that about BDSM community. You know, I mean... Sometimes so- it's more just about, like, gratification yeah. more than sex. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, you know, there's so many different types of itches that people need to scratch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet, you know, they're placed in the society where they're supposed to be afraid to let anybody know about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... There, it's almost like the shame is what turns them on? No, it, or... a lot of it is giving them freedom from the shame. Ah. They can do the things that they're not allowed to do in the rest of the world with me. Like, I facil- facilitate it. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's very therapeutic. Some people do it to, um, as means of, uh, healing from trauma, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I mean, I'm not a licensed therapist by any means. Uh, some are, mm-hmm. and, you know, and of course they certainly have knowledge that I don't have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but for what I do, you know, I'm not going to practice it without having the knowledge for the things I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like impact play and, uh, doing wax, sounding, latex. Latex is really my specialty. Um, bondage too. I love, I love doing that. I mean, it's, it's the best job ever because, I mean, it's basically, yeah, I'm an unlicensed therapist. Yeah. You basically like are allowing people the freedom to just like fully be themselves. It's beautiful. It really is. I mean, it's. You know, it's definitely helped me work through some things in my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of personal growth through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, especially with the ability to allow myself to be vulnerable in front of other people. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't have that in uh, a lot of, in a lot of the world. I mean, especially like with toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so like prior to my transition, you know, being a trans woman myself. Mm Um, you know, it was, you know, living as if I was a man in a man's world and then being like, but it just didn't fit. Well, it's not just that it didn't fit, but also while I was living in that, you know, there's a lot of this, this toughness, you know, this, this, um, pressure to be more masculine, you know, fun ways to be more masculine Mm -hmm. and, uh, in order to fit in and be treated with respect. Yep. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but you know, people should be allowed to to have those vulnerabilities without ridicule. Mm-hmm. So it helps a lot of people to uh, to have that space. Yeah, I agree, and it helps us dismantle the patriarchy. Yeah, which is very important because I'm always telling my partner if he's looking for a good woman to come home to, that's going to cook and clean and he never has to lift a finger look elsewhere All right because i seek equal partnership i'm not a, yeah exactly so i'm not about having one person you know like certain roles especially if they're based on you know any expectations are based on gender mm-hmm. just not in throw it out the window right it's so outdated and yeah. it only served to divide us in the beginning in the first place so so if i can put on my business coaching hat for a second sure you mentioned that you're into latex play and you're into bondage play and i've seen quite a few businesses be very successful in those ventures now as you say that it hasn't really taken off like some others right what that makes me think is that maybe with the right coaching and guidance if you had a specific plan and you got some clarity on what you wanted this business to look like things mm-hmm. will fall into place faster than I can snap my fingers because that sends a clear message to the universe right. that wow this person is ready to receive they have made a plan 
they're ready. Yeah. And then whoosh, we're going to give them all the abundance they seek because they are taking that necessary step to be no longer indecisive. Mm-hmm. And so being decisive about these certain aspects will allow a plan to fall into place faster than an event horizon smasher. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I think this advice, I'm probably going to apply it more so hmm. to my pie truck business. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And so you'd be selling that out of your trailer? Uh, no, I'm going to hmm. get a different trailer or a truck. Oh, there you go. So here's the plan. What I'm going to do. Make is, pies. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. So I went to Spokane Falls Community College. I took some business classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at least, I took the ones that um, I felt I'd be using the most. I was not successful in counting. Mm-hmm. I'll hire an accountant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but enough. Uh, yeah, I just feel like uh, it would be nice if, um, if I had a food truck as a source of income selling pies. So you can picture yourself. I just want to like get clear on this with you yeah you can picture yourself day in and day out selling pies and never tiring of it mm-hmm. okay so the plan is is after about two years so that's your meditation essentially yes. that will be your meditation yeah <laughs> i love that so much i love it too you know it's just it would just be fun and i have some great ideas that I feel like if I didn't monetize them and share them with the rest of the world, it, you know, it, just it's kinda... an idea that just sits there and isn't like actually able to come to fruition. Yeah. I see you what know, you're saying. Um, you know, I don't want to let it go stagnant. So let's do, okay. So then with this pie making venture, let's do a little reverse engineering. So this is a, a high level, um, uh, source of, uh, like a, like a helpful resource that I use um, on my coaching business coaching clients um, okay. when I'm doing some mindset work with them. So if we're going to reverse engineer this process, let's go ahead and imagine that you're already there, that you already have the pie making enterprise. You have a food truck. Everything is running brilliantly. You're making good money. How did you get there? How did I get there? Mm-hmm. So what I did was I ran well, I mean, to the point of where I'm baking the pies. Like to the point I, of where you're being prosperous with this venture. So everything is working out exactly the way you wanted it to. So what's going to happen is I'll be running the food truck for at least two years, at least two years of making a profit. So that means, you know, I could probably be running it for about six years by then. But once I have that as established income, that's going to qualify me for a decent loan on some land I want to buy. I love it. So it's a stepping stone. It absolutely is. That's what allows, if I may, that's what allows businesses to survive because they don't see it as the final thing. It's not the final path or destination or where they seek Absolutely. to call themselves I'm good I, I've I can kick my heels up now for the foreseeable future that, yeah yeah that's not going to help you run a thriving business but you seeing it as more of like a stepping stone for like uh, investment for well, continuing to live off the land and fulfill that monastic lifestyle yeah and is, as long as I still love it it's going to be yeah you know I'll keep doing it once I have the land when we're thinking about the big picture that like you having land is really to show up in deep love and service for others to alleviate the suffering of others who may not have a place to go and you want to provide them that space absolutely then there's no reason why your pie making venture wouldn't work out because of the intention behind it right absolutely and who doesn't love pie it's true pie is so delicious there's a pie for everyone i love strawberry rhubarb pie oh you know that's gonna be on the menu yum (laughs) i love how rhubarb is just like oh just a little tart and the strawberries, the sweetness of the strawberries just combining delicately yeah. on your palate. Oh, that sounds so you're making me hungry. Deliciousness. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's uh, this dream that I have that I just talked about. You know, it's uh, 
You know, it's one of the things that really keeps me going. Yeah. You know, I'm at least doing something for myself and I will have more to offer others once I have it. And, you know, just spreading all love and receiving it as well. And, you know, just the exchange mm -hmm. between people. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It goes a long thing. way. Yeah. You got to have community, mm -hmm. especially nowadays with inflation. So true. You know, I think trading is going to be... Uh, probably much more beneficial to someone rather than, you know, paying cash for something new at a store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think um, cryptocurrency, while quite a volatile market, is definitely like rapidly expanding. So it is something to have some kind of stake or claim in. I would recommend jumping on that train now if you haven't already. It reminds me of the Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had a bad habit of uh, pulling my Bitcoin out before it skyrockets. I mean, I mm. I could have been a millionaire, you yeah, know. I've heard I a lot have, of millennials say that. <laughs> I used to have twenty, you know, twenty five Bitcoin. Mm. You know, Full back on. you know back when somebody else had me totally convinced I was going to make me a millionaire, and mm -hmm. you know I didn't wait long enough. I was impatient. And I pulled it all out for right. cigarette money oh boy <laughs> just in the heat of the moment because at the time when i did that it was only like what you know like 30 bucks or something for yeah. what i had i don't mm. remember when that was but damn 2011 then, yeah so i'm just like you know i don't know i'm, I'm still unsure i'm kind of skeptical yeah. about cryptocurrency i mm. um you know if if it has a future, then, you know, I feel great for the people who are, you know, really invested in it. I hope they find wealth. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like my path just has me uh, mostly bartering and trading, yeah. you know, working for goods. Yeah, I think a lot of people could agree with that and be more of the camp that I would rather own land because it's tangible. I can feel it. I can measure it. And you know, like a significant way right. versus it, Bitcoin, which is just literally binary zeros and numbers, takes zeros and ones. <laughs> it takes less effort to lose it, you know? Yeah. It's true. It's true. I mean, Bitcoin, you know, when it's gone, it's gone. It's just gone. But mm -hmm. you've you heard know. of horror stories where like someone who owns quite a considerable amount of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency and is running like a cryptocurrency bank suddenly dies. Nobody has the source code right. to get into that, those assets. Nobody can allocate those assets because nobody, Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Tangible equity is, mm -hmm. is, is all I'm interested it's in. It's better to focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. We may be the last remaining generation that feels that way though. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. You know, um, I could still change my mind in the future, you know? Yeah. So I remember learning in my, in my recent class at Harvard, developmental psychology class that was whew, all encompassing. Um, we learned that every generation based on statistical significance, looking at data sets, every generation is smarter than the last. I believe that. You do? Absolutely. I mean, like, there's certain knowledge. I mean, I won't say necessarily smarter, but they definitely have a way of, I mean, there's a lot more knowledge out there now that people are having access to younger and younger, mm -hmm. which I absolutely love. I mean, to generalize and make it simple to say, mm -hmm. you know, I would agree that, you know, like, okay, so I have a, I have like a 11 year old nephew. Mm -hmm. He's doing computer code. Wow. <laughs> you know, and he's like... At 11. Yeah. Prodigial. Or you know, I'm so God. proud of him. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's funny because usually I'm like totally against kids being in front of screens all the time. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you definitely got to have a good balance. You need nature. You need time away from the screens. But... Mm -hmm. True. The time these kids have spent in front of screens, I mean, they certainly know a lot of things I don't. So it's uh Yeah, 
that's kind of how I feel about like computer programming and coding and all of that is like how much time do I really want to spend in front of a screen not that much I mean it can get unhealthy yeah yeah you know like I've recorded this podcast in all kinds of different like environments like right now here we are out walking in the woods and that feels really healthy but when we were in the middle of the pandemic and everything was on lockdown I was recording it you know like wistfully looking out my bedroom window as I'm sure like so many other people as we were in the middle of that situation felt yeah it's just uh it's just interesting to consider how this pandemic has affected the world at large like (laughs) fundamentally we like interact with one another in like completely different ways there's lots of like touchless payments for example now and yeah uh, it's interesting it's interesting to think about it really is i mean it's definitely created a huge convenience factor Mm -hmm. for you know for so many people including myself Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I I mean, I can't pretend like I haven't been enjoying it. (laughs) At the same time, you know, it's a, to me, it seems like another disconnect Mm -hmm. from other people, another disconnect from society. And at the same time, it's a vulnerable system. I feel like when everything's computerized, it's easier to hack. Yeah, true. You know? But, like, you can't, you know, I mean, like, if I had a gold bar sitting in my safe, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like somebody could just use their computer to take it away from me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, true. For every new new thing that's out there, you know, firewalls and such, I mean, there's always a new virus or a new, you know, new spyware or ransomware or any of that. There's always something new that will, that will get past it. Mm-hmm. True. Eventually, I mean. True. It's just a matter of time, really. Yeah. Yeah, especially with cameras getting hacked. I've seen so many YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. You know, like news stories of people's cameras getting hacked and watching their kids and saying creepy things to their kids. (laughs) Sketchy. Yeah, I thought about getting a ring doorbell on my trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because, why not? It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But... Hey! If it gets hacked, if it gets hacked, I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah, and I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want that kind of vulnerability. Right. Yeah, I'd rather be vulnerable to people who I could trust. Yeah, that's (laughs) fair. Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, when Banjo and Camo came onto the podcast during the pandemic, actually. We had a nice lengthy interview and Bandra said, I don't so much care about the politics of the world. I care more about the politics between individuals, between you and me. He said the same thing to me and I mm. fully agree. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, that's what's more important. I, yeah. you know, I'd rather, I'd rather get along with my community, yeah. you know, and share and exchange goods and energy with them. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, so the antithesis of all of this technology and all of this hacking and do you think it's just returning back to again that monastic culture of just reminded of the buddha when mara his greatest enemy came looking to kill him and here was the buddha just doing a walking meditation just doing his thing and mara could not touch the buddha why because the buddha was so focused on that center point of focus to reduce the suffering of all beings, that that force of love was so much greater than the evils that Mara had in store for the Buddha. Oh, that's deep. That's, that really speaks to me. I've never heard that before. Hmm. But, you know, I mean, it's a perfect, you know, I mean, it's probably more than just an analogy, but yeah, right off the bat to me, I see, you know, the perfect analogy for like, you know, if you want to spend all your time stressing about all the horrible things happening in the world, mm-hmm. you know. Watch the news. <laughs> you know, it's not just watch the news, but it's also like, Believe you know, we're watching, media. even without watching the news, you can still see the gas prices going up. You can see that groceries are still expensive. But then, like, if you could just separate yourself from the need, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just like growing your own vegetables. I mean, that's one step further away from being affected from that and it's more so you're like the buddha just walking your path Mm -hmm. doing your own thing 
and uh, and loving it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, when you're walking and you're in such a hurry, then you miss, you know, little creatures like this worm attempting to cross the road. <laughs> Wait. Oh, there it is. <laughs> but then you stand for too long and the mosquitoes are like, tasty snack. Right. <laughs> so then you keep walking because, um, yeah, it's really interesting to think about the biomechanical mechanisms within our bodies where a million years ago we were thriving and surviving off of all of these carrots (laughs) but then (laughs) one wrong move and a stick which could represent uh predators and then you get whacked with the stick and that's it no more carrots yeah and so isn't it interesting to consider that even as we have evolved our brains still do everything in their power to keep us safe so that we don't get whacked by the stick right I mean, a lot of people don't know how to trust their own intuition. You know, I mean... What do you think is a good first step? Good first step to trust your intuition? Yeah. Allowing yourself to get out of your comfort zone. Totally. And just doing the thing that you're afraid of in pursuit of something better than what you've been living with. Mm. You know, So not settling. Yeah, you know, honestly, you know, I believe that it's better to do that and fail than it is to just stay stagnant mm-hmm. you know and and vulnerable in ways you don't want to be mm-hmm. for whatever your situation is you know it's i'm watching people's lives fall apart mm-hmm. you know because they don't know how to be honest with themselves well not just be honest with themselves but like oh well, yeah you know like with their needs mm-hmm. you know like what is a need and what is a want what is essential True. and what isn't mm-hmm. you know and then people you know they just really overlook how how vulnerable they are to the rest of the world mm-hmm. to everything else to all the chaos when it's you know you could really be at peace with yourself and be less dependent on those things mm-hmm. and it's just it's better you know sometimes you have to drag yourself through the mud to get to the other side true but then when you get to the other side you're like man was all that dragging necessary oh to be human yeah, my living situation, I mean, like, when I first started living in the trailer, mm-hmm. you know, it was not even a quarter of the way done. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it was hardly insulated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I still did it. Mm-hmm. It was a very uncomfortable living situation. But I was in a space that belonged to me, mm-hmm. and I was allowed. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that like, uh, sense of, of, of it being yours, like, yours to take care of and yours to build up gave you, like... The inclination to keep going yeah and little by little over the years you know i add to it and the space has been getting better oh yeah. so like you know i made sacrifices i sacrificed a lot of conveniences mm-hmm. to get to the point where now mm-hmm. i have all the conveniences i need mm-hmm. well almost all of them mm-hmm. and yeah i love that you're planning to maybe put a hot tub in there too yeah <laughs> i paid a lot less. is it gonna be a hot tub time machine <laughs> yes yes <laughs> You ought to have a sign above it that says, Welcome to Miss Tori's right? Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really, I mean, it's sensational. It's the simplest engineering, too. I mean, it's not like, it, it, it's never, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's comfortable and I paid a lot less for it and I worked a lot less for it because I got the. I got the fruits of all of my labor. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, pay, I didn't like, spend an entire paycheck mm-hmm. to pay rent yeah that's really satisfying <laughs> you know it's, it's more like it, i it's my work and i got from it not somebody else yeah sometimes rent can feel like throwing money down a toilet yeah mm-hmm. you know it's like you know if you're a renter you know it doesn't matter if the landlord works or not to mm-hmm. make the place comfortable and stuff mm-hmm. it will never be yours you'll never have equity and you're always going to be poor because you're always paying rent instead of finding ways to you know making sacrifices to actually end up investing all of that money into you true because you take control away from them very true very true yeah it's it's a great thing to have control over your life (laughs) in that sense yeah but at the same time like aren't you also like simultaneously like the pair like there's so many paradoxes in life by living off of the land and building a trailer to live in aren't you also simultaneously like 
no longer in control of like living life according to the standards of society yeah but you know i kind of chose for some people that's really scary it it is oh it was definitely scary i put my you know that's part of going through the mud is all the yeah all the fear and the unknowing and the Mm -hmm. you know and the discomfort on top of it Mm -hmm. you know i mean but i chose i decided that i could accept the whole like not knowing where I could park my trailer mm-hmm. and afford it because I you know I could do BLM lens now anyways you know but you know I'll take that kind of uncertainty mm-hmm. over the uncertainty of whether my whole life is going to be turned upside down because of a decision my landlord made or a decision my employer made that's fair you know I just yeah I need control <laughs> at least what I can have control of and then another I guess counter thought to that is you're also relinquishing control by living off the land and kind of surrendering to the land. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you're not fully in control. I don't live completely off the land. I mean, I've definitely surrendered. Um, (laughs) What do you think of the phrase surrendering is not giving up? It's giving over. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And then what do you think of the phrase that when we think about surrendering, if... um, if we do not learn one mistake, then it is bound to repeat itself until we have come to terms with it fully. Oh, I mean, you know, I definitely testify to that. <laughs> but isn't that the definition of insanity? I mean, that's what they say. You know, I don't know if the definition has changed or anything like that. But, I mean, the dictionary definition is, you know, making the same mistake and never, you know, and expecting the same results. <laughs> or expecting different results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got it. Tripping over my words there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I'm reminded of, say, the story of, like, Christopher McCandless, who went off into the woods to get into the wild. But oh, then yeah. he ultimately died. Well, because he, he was seeking a level of control that ultimately wasn't fated for, for him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he died a much happier person than... Have the people I know who are stuck into the grind of paying rent or mortgage or all that conventional living, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying conventional living is better. I'm just saying, like, not everyone can do that. Not everyone can That's shun true. society and live off the land. Well, you know, it's, uh, it, and it would be unfair to expect uh, anybody to be able to do that, too. Yeah, it's, um, Mm-hmm. It, it takes a individual who is willing to live that monastic life where they can literally just do their walking meditation in the woods, right. collecting wood for the day, maybe finding a couple morels. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I still have, I still have my own little bits of dependence on the rest of society. I mean, there's still some of that there. I'm not completely separated from it. Right. Well, then it yeah. just becomes a matter of like, like your intention and your value system because I mean there are some people who are like total purists who are like no technology and they've shunned it completely and they're like uh these kind of Luddites. <laughs> See, what 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 those individuals do, I mean they're definitely doing some things that, that I couldn't or wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it just makes life harder, you know? Um yeah. I've also met individuals like that who are just like stubbornly living in a way when there's other technologies I feel like the best way to approach it is kind of as you've done where you kind of have the best of both worlds you're living off the land but you can also use like newer technology to make it a, an efficient oh, experience yeah. you know I gotta have my, my luxuries they're self made luxuries mm-hmm. but they're still luxuries to me you know mm-hmm. or you know we were talking about the, how nice it would be to have a frying pan to make that was large enough to make crepes Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I was so disappointed about these cheap pans that looked way nicer than they actually were. Mm-hmm. But that's the key word, cheap pans. And yeah. so, like, after just a few weeks of some massive crepe making, because I had free time <laughs> on my hands, and I had landmates who were hungry, <laughs> you know, eventually they started, you know, as soon as I, as soon as I was at the top of my crepe game, mm-hmm. of course, you know, the pans start sticking. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Such is life. Murphy's Law. Right. <laughs> Sad trombone. So, yeah. eventually I'm going to probably get a larger iron skillet and just 
make sure it's seasoned real good. So if we if we look at your inclination to live off the land in this way, do you think it stems from maybe perhaps needing to do some epigenetic healing? Yeah. It's getting in touch with your ancestors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh you know, especially with all the changes that have happened in my life. Um, you know, I've run into periods where I was just really disconnected mm. and um running on autopilot yeah just running on autopilot hardly present just stuck in my head mm. and you know stressing about the problems or things that i'm going through that's when intelligent humans make dumb decisions yeah, that's true <laughs> i can attest to that you know i mean <laughs> you know it takes a lot of work mm-hmm. you know to free yourself from that i mean i get even still nowadays mm-hmm. i uh you know, I my head will spiral, mm. and uh, Rumination. It, yeah, I mean, I do get to dark places, but you know, with all the work I've been doing on myself, that um, helps. You know, helps pull you out of it. Gives you, know, you a reason to pull yourself out of it. I've I've gained more skills to pull myself out of it. Uh, would you call that executive functioning? Yeah. 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 You have a lot of really good terminology. <laughs> <laughs> So what they classically refer to executive functions as is the way to control one's urges, surf the urges. You could almost look at it as, let's say you are what your friends lovingly refer to as a cookie monster. You love cookies and you always have cookies around, but you decide one day, I don't want to... I don't want to, you know, like put myself at like risk for like, like type two diabetes or like high blood pressure because oh, I'm eating know, so many right? cookies and I need to find a balance here. So and you've got to fill the void with something else. Exactly. So you surf the urge and you look at it as like a wave cresting where you walk past the cookie jar and you're like, I will not eat a cookie. And you exert that sense of willpower. Mm-hmm. And then a couple hours pass and you surf the urge again and you say, I will not eat a cookie. And what you're doing is you're not feeling as though you're depriving yourself. You're actually retraining your brain to look at a situation differently. And so if you reframe it as something that is not deprivation, right? then it simply becomes an amount of surfing the urge where you're just rising and cresting and falling like the the tides of the ocean that's how i gave up soda Hmm. i hardly ever drink soda i mean if i do it's like a you know like once every couple months kind of an occurrence Mm. you know but i used to i used to drink tons of it every day Mm. and then i would feel deprived if i if i went without you know now all to do is the same thing with cigarettes Mm. (laughs) because it's definitely I mean, it's, you know, smoking, I, it serves, it serves me in a way, but of course, you know, the, the drawbacks are much greater. Mm -hmm. And so that's a thing I'm working on within myself. I have this theory. (laughs) So, um, one of the, one of the, uh, Erickson and Freud's beliefs are that, children go through different stages of development and Freud believed that we first experienced the oral stage which is where we have the inclination to put anything and everything we can in our mouths and the best thing for parents to do is to just let that happen because otherwise you grow up as an adult with a certain oral fixation that cannot be satisfied because it was not satisfied when you were a young infant oh that's new to me Food for thought. I hadn't thought of that. Well, you know, there was a, you know, there was a certain lack of uh, nurturing, um, you know, in my upbringing mm. for certain periods of time. You know, probably you know certain years that might have affected me more than it would during other years. Mm. But uh, you know, I, uh, you know, for the longest time, as I was older, like closer into my teens, you know, I always seek. Some sort of, um, actually, I still deal with this. Uh, um, what's the word for it? It's constant pleasure seeking. Mm, like, like hedonism? Uh, not quite hedonism. Like, I mean, there was that too, but yeah, uh, more so. 
Ah, what's the word? Just like having a fixation on feeling pleasurable experiences. Yeah, whether it be smoking or drinking coffee or or sex or um or you know, not so much drinking. Maybe I've never like been a huge drinker. An obsessive compulsive mood disorder of some sort? No. No. Oh, I had the word. Hmm. It'll come to me if it's meant to me. Yeah, true. But I described it well enough, I think. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's the constant, yeah, you know, feeding my pleasure sensors in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And that is also a a point of uh, suffering that we experience as we see the world suffering around us, which is part of the first noble truth. Yeah. I mean, I could be aware of it. I could be honest with myself about it. But then I still have a lot of work to get there (laughs) yeah but you recognizing that is like you demonstrating a sense of humility you know I uh you know humility is important to me um because that's the that's one of my biggest tools for becoming the best me that I can be Hmm. you know I have to be honest with myself um you know I make mistakes all the time but I can't just walk around saying oh I'm not perfect this I'm not perfect that you know actually identifying you know, the things mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. is that's where the real work comes in. And, uh, and it's worth it to do that. Yeah. Because basically you're allowing yourself to come to conclusions that some people may not even come to on their deathbed. Right. That may not be slated for them until the next life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reminded of Erica Badu. Oh, I, guess I love we'll Erica Badu. Next lifetime. Yeah. I guess we'll see you next lifetime. So she's talking about a lover who is not meant to be in this life. <laughs> yeah. But that same, you know, the allegory of that song could apply to lessons that... I'm reminded of um, this mantra that I live for through and through, day in and day out. The universe never gives us more than we can handle. Yeah. And so there are some life lessons that others are experiencing... Uh, and a beautiful way of looking at that is uh, Sonder, which is the recognition that other people are living a life completely separate from ours, fighting battles we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And so while they are going through their life path and fulfilling all of these life experiences, our path is entirely our own. But yet again, paradoxically, we are all connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all one pool of consciousness brimming and glowing but also on our own separate paths because we have freedom of choice free will all those things very interesting to think about and when you compare the size of our brain to say the size of a squirrel's brain which is approximately the size of a walnut about an inch (laughs) there is about you know quite a significant amount of matter that can stretch around the world four times over yeah there is there are trillions upon trillions of different neuronal synapses that are firing all at once all the time even just taking this walk and you could not be saying you might not be saying anything out loud but your brain is still talking a mile a minute and that it is isn't it ironic that to (laughs) train the mind is to to see that and yeah. Sit back in the witness seat of consciousness and recognize that all of this is simply a moment in time. Yeah, my brain travels so fast. <laughs> I mean, and it's loud too. My brain is going, it's going. Yeah. And sometimes it's louder than, than the conversation I'm having. I mean, oh. thankfully it's not doing that right now, but. So like, yeah, exact, yeah. executive <laughs> functioning could also be thought of as like seeing that, seeing those repetitive thought loops or rumination occur. And then being able to put a stop to it because we have our own like inner resources. Perhaps it's just something that makes you smile. Like the sun shining down on our face, you know, during the warmest part of the day on a rainy day like today. (laughs) Or um, just uh, imagining, you know, how like our niece or nephew feels when we give them a hug and we haven't seen them in a while. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. just spending time with someone who we really care about. Just sharing that companionship and... Just knowing that, like, part of mind training is such that we can turn to those inner resources at any time. So when things get challenging, we have that executive functioning fully developed where 
we are more resilient. We, we uh, can face adversity with grace instead of losing our temper. For sure, yeah. That right there is the ultimate, like, I think, goal of money and why... Mm. <laughs> I will... I, we gotta hang out more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, part of, you know, part of hanging out with you in this energy exchange is, you know, I'm definitely receiving a lot, mm. a lot from you. A lot of, you know, a lot of insight, mm. you know, and a lot of new thoughts and things to consider in my own path. And so, you know, that's that's another reason why community is important, you know, so we can have exchanges like this. Yeah, 100%, especially when it's like unplanned. Yeah, I love the spontaneousness of this. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and that takes away the stress, you know, because sometimes when I'm preparing for an interview, I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I'm like, I've had enough to eat for the day. And like my right. brain isn't feeling like foggy. It's more like clear headed. And yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's, it it's is also really good nice. to catch, catch us, you know, ourselves when we're in the present. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're actually like there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been a wonderful interview and a great walk. And I feel refreshed and revived and yeah me too thank so, you thank yeah. you so much for having me here uh, oh of this. course so happy to have you and so if the listeners wanted to get to know you better if they wanted to connect further where where could they find you well i mean you know i have my facebook page cool uh we'll Boston. um i have my instagram account there's you know the mistorious which i don't post as often and uh you know, lately I find the whole pro-doming thing waning a little bit. You know, just because I have other things that I want to pursue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still there, mm-hmm. but not like it was before. Gotcha. Um, but then there's also uh, Instagram, just Tori Boston. I think there's an underscore in there somewhere. Amazing. Well, we will have all of those links in the show notes. And I want to thank you again for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, and I hope this gave you lovely listeners some beautiful food for thought as we wrap up this interview along the North Fork of the Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Thanks for being here. And now, dear listeners, I'm feeling compelled to share a spontaneous song. Well, me and my friend were just walking down the road Where we stop, nobody knows Just us right here in this moment, it's all that really matters But at the same time, nothing really matters and baby that's not an adonia that's just a recognition that you and i will one day be turned into ashes and dust revert back to what we always were just stardust twinkling in the sky no more bridge of size just living and loving autonomously free as can be you and me thanks for listening thanks for tuning in If you liked what you heard, head on over to Apple Podcasts, search Universe Pondering Itself. When it shows up in your search results, click on it and please leave a review and rating. And after you've done that, take a screenshot of your rating and review and send it over to support at universeponderingllc.com. And as a thank you, we'll give you free access to a 60-minute masterclass, Let Go of the Scarcity Mindset, to help you effortlessly manifest success while quickly filling your bank account. 
Again, please leave a review and rating for Universe Pondering Itself over on Apple Podcasts. And after you've done that, take a screenshot of your rating and review and send it over to support at universeponderingllc.com. And as a thank you, we'll go ahead and give you access to our 60-minute masterclass absolutely free. Thanks for your support. Hey there, before you go, are you looking for more high-level support and curious to see if I can help you reach new heights with your personal and professional life in an intimate setting? I'm seeking three motivated individuals who want to scale to 10k months with their business. Whether you sell products or services, we'll powerfully collaborate and combine forces as I help you automate as many of your processes as possible so you can spend more time doing what you love and manifest money in your sleep. I will provide you with mindset coaching that I've acquired through my compassionate art studies at Harvard share insider business strategies, and help you blossom into an amazing entrepreneur who makes $10,000 a month or more. The universe is constantly expanding, so why limit ourselves? I'm well-versed in all aspects of starting a successful online business, everything from running a Facebook group, course, and digital product creation, to building a nourishing email sequence that will ensure you make sales. I'll use my Ivy League scholarly prowess to provide you with a comprehensive and extraordinary deep dive into yourself as you unearth your unique superpowers and construct business that does not burn you out, but rather fires you up. Imagine waking up every morning so ready to take on the day as you implement the proven strategies and techniques I share with you. As a cognitive scientist, and organic marketer, I can help you quickly scale your business to 10k or more every month in any industry. I will show you how to quickly grow your email list and following on social media to thousands of loyal, devoted subscribers without spending a penny on ads. If this sounds interesting to you, I invite you to message me, Lauren Radiance, directly by going to bit.ly forward slash message LR on FB and send me the words case study. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash M-E-S-S-A-G-E-L-R-O-N-F-B. This will pull up my Facebook messenger, so make sure you're already logged into your Facebook account. Send me the words case study and I will reply with details in 24 hours.